0: What's up guys, welcome to Broke and Stressed, a PT student podcast where we talk about our lives as broke and stressed physical therapy students. Throughout grad school, you'll come to find that the struggles that you're having happen all the time to thousands of students across the country. You are not alone. In this podcast, we'll share our personal stories and walk you through how we overcame some of our own struggles. I'm your host, Ruben. Let's have some fun, have some good conversation, and let's get into the episode. All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today, we have my classmate, Matt, here. Go say hello, Matt.
1: Hey, what's up, everybody? How's it going?
0: So Matt is a third year, just like me. He's in my class. He was able to actually get a summer clinical and a fall clinical. So Matt, why don't you talk about what you did for those two clinicals, what you did and what you're doing now?
1: Yeah, so I'm super blessed in that I actually got two clinicals. First one was cut short by COVID. As people may know from watching previous ones, our clinicals are supposed to be 12 weeks, uh, but COVID cut this short to seven weeks. So I was at Concentra Physical Therapy, in Detroit. I mean, as you imagine, Detroit's a very industrial city and the economy at that point was going pretty well. So things were like worked up. It was a really busy clinic. We would see between me and another PT, sometimes some days a PTA in there, maybe 35 patients. So really high volume. And then my second one, which I'm two weeks into right now is inpatient at Northwestern Memorial, downtown Chicago on the neuro floor. So I'm just two weeks into that one. So those are my two so far.
0: How'd you like your Concentra one?
1: Concentra was really good. I'm lucky. I'm, I always say I'm lucky. I'll probably say it like 12 times here. But I'm lucky in that it was outpatient, but the patients, they're, they weren't low level. I mean, everybody's complex in a way. If they're injured and you know, have comorbidities and stuff like that. But it was a very like registered, kind of measured first clinical where I could just see one patient see two patients and just work, work our way up. And you can do that with other clinics, but the complexity is, is less. And so I was really happy to do it over the course of the seven weeks. I did get to a full schedule and was pretty, pretty independent. They're actually totally independent and doing well. And I really like that one. Yeah. The second clinical right now, it's pretty tough. It's pretty tough. It's my second week on a neuro floor. So
0: Now, how much reviewing did you do before you went into your summer one at Concentra?
1: So at Concentra, you know, I was really like amped up to do well. It's our very first long clinical. Your viewers may know that at UIC, our school, um, we have a short two-week clinical, but you don't really get to do much on that one. For this first big one, I did a lot of reviewing. Went through MSK notes, went through biophysics notes, made a list especially of interventions and special tests which I think helped me. But one of the great things about concentric physical therapy is that it's all in the same room. So when evals are being done, I got to see the clinicians do the evals. So very quickly, and there's a lot of evals. So very quickly, I got their method for doing shoulders, for doing knees, for doing ankles. So the reviewing that I did was helpful, but what was even more helpful was seeing clinicians work high volume every day.
0: Could you see yourself working in a concentra or like something oh, yeah. like that in the future?
1: Oh, yeah. I like the high volume. I like the way my CI ran his clinic. He had a very busy morning, a substantial like 45 minute to an hour lunch, really whatever you, you needed within reason. And then we would kind of have a shorter afternoon, which I really like that. He was, a, he was a CI that is really into work-life balance. So he would break out at 4 or 4.30 and go be with his family. So I I really liked the flow of that clinic for sure. So yeah, it was definitely on my list. I started, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about moving West. So I started looking for concentras out West. So yeah.
0: How does it feel to know that like you have this clinical and then you have your spring one and then we're done. We're not going back or we are going back to class for capstones in the
1: spring, but. So I, you know, I feel, I feel like I can see what the job is and I have like a little bit more experience. Like I'm, I kind of know what the jobs are now, so I'm already getting a little antsy. I remember a third year telling me, late last April, I was asking her about her clinicals, and she's like, yeah, and I get to work for free. So it's just like an indication, like, hey, at some point, you're just kind of ready to go. And I feel like I'm maybe another four or five weeks into this clinical with a solid outpatient done, and I'll be on my feet more. For an impatient, I feel ready to go. I feel like four or five weeks from now, I'll be kind of antsy to kind of get the show started, get the boards done and going.
0: Heck yeah, man. That's awesome. Now let's take a, a pause for a second. Let's go flashback to PT school. Can you name a time or embarrassing moment that you remember off the top of your oh, head yeah. from
1: PT school? Oh yeah, hundred percent. So I don't know where my brain's at because on the very first day of school, now I know I'm a sweaty person. Like I just sweat a little bit more than other people. So the very first day we have class, again, first impressions, I'm going to meet everybody. And I'm not so like, you know, like I don't want to like impress people, but I just, I definitely don't want to embarrass myself. Well, I totally set myself up for embarrassment. I walk to school. I live in Tritailor, which is maybe like a 10, 15 minute walk. And of course we start school in late August and I'm drenched. I'm like totally drenched by the time we get to where we were at. Uh, where were we? We were in AHS, right?
0: AHS, yeah.
1: And I don't know who was leading it, but she was going row by row asking everybody what their name was, what something was, and then if they weren't going to be a PT, what would they be? And I'm just counting, and everybody stood up said, hey, you know, I'm Eric, I want to blah, 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 blah. Hey, I'm Ruben, you know, if I wasn't going to be a P-. And so I'm like, I'm going to have to stand up, and I'm going to have a, like a completely drenched shirt. So I knew I had time I went to the bathroom I was like trying to like like wave out the shirt to like you know so there wouldn't be so much sweat and luckily she never got to me so yeah I dodged one but I'm, I'm sure some people noticed how sweaty I was so yeah that was my, my most embarrassing moment yeah because yeah.
0: we, we were dressed up at that point like, yeah completely still like very business casual at that point yeah
1: yeah day one
0: man day one way to start the
1: <laughs> PC school year yeah totally
0: Before PT school, you were in a previous career, correct?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was a manager for FedEx. I'd started there maybe when I was like 23 or 24. And I think I got, all told, maybe 16, 17 years with FedEx in two parts. One before I went back to U of I to finish my undergrad. And then afterwards, I thought I was going to join the State Department. So the Foreign Service of the United States. I thought I was going to be a diplomat. But until I got that, I joined FedEx. And was just making money, you know, making money as a manager, running aside, loading where uh, package handlers were loading trucks. And then I got advanced and then kind of the State Department thing kind of went away because I was really kind of sort of liking FedEx. It was a good job. It still, still would have been a good job, and a good company, good benefits, good time off. So much of work life is having a good manager above you. And FedEx was really good about having good people in management positions. But yeah, after 15 years, I think I was or somewhere around 37 years old. I'm 44 right now. I just knew that it was not for me anymore. And so I started looking for new careers. What drew you to PT? So, what drew me to PT and what really still draws me to PT and if it is this. I reflected on what I liked about work at FedEx. What I liked about work at FedEx was working with people, and I know this sounds weird, but for a short amount of time, a varied amount of people, in one of my jobs, I would interview people, short uh, drivers, and I would do background checks on them and make sure they were Department of Transportation compliant. And I just reflected and I'm like, I really liked that from work. I liked having someone come in, a stranger, get to know each other a little bit, talk a little bit, work a little bit, and then they go away and another one comes in. You know, it's kind of like there are situations in the work world where you can have a job where you're kind of stuck with someone. And if you don't like that person, (laughs) that's bad. Um, So this process of, Hey, you get to see somebody, they go away, a new person comes in, you have, you know, some good work with them. That's what I liked about work. And hello, PT is exactly that. It's, Patients coming in, you work with them a little bit, they leave. It just can't be overstated how fun that is to me, where you get to meet a new person. Like it's new. You know, sometimes you get bored with people that you've worked with for 15 years and yeah, that's principally that's what drew me to PT. And then also flexibility. I really want more time in my future career. You know, I had five weeks of vacation at FedEx and it still wasn't enough. You know, I like to go and do like trips everywhere. So in PT, I could do contract work, go for a while, then go away from work for a month or two and come back to work. So yeah, it's really what I, I was looking for.
0: Did you ever consider any other careers?
1: Yeah, I think I did what we, a lot of us did. Think about medical doctor, although at my age, I mean, that was just, I mean, some specialties get up to 11 years of work and I, I really didn't want to be 48 and starting, starting my career I considered PA. I considered PA even right up until accepting the offer to come to PT school. And there have been times where I've regretted that. But most often there's been times where I have not regretted that because I've seen some PAs work and I've got to know PAs a little better. And I think PT is the right choice for me, even though they do get paid a little bit better. So, yeah.
0: So walk me through, you're working at FedEx, you're thinking PT, What was the process like of, you know, looking for schools, applying, like doing your research into the whole application process? What was that like?
1: So I desperately wanted to leave Illinois and be somewhere close to mountains and to be where I originally or where now I want to live, which is out west. Um, But school, school tuitions for out of state quickly um, negated that. Um, There was no way I was going to go to a place like Montana and pay $30,000 a year or, you know, whatever it is. So I focused in on Illinois schools, which basically meant I was kind of hanging my hat on Northern, UIC, which I thought was a total pipe dream. Um, I thought UIC would never, would never take me for some reason. I have no idea why. Then like Governor State. And then I, I eliminated some schools just because of cost. I really kind of hung my hopes on Northern, UIC, and Governor State. And I, I'm telling you, if I had gotten into like Northwestern, which I did not apply for, uh, but like if if I did apply or like Bradley or Midwestern or Rosalind Franklin, I don't know if I would have accepted it. I think some PTs school-wise, I think I always call it the worth it line. The worth it line for tuitions versus what we make is closely coming down and down to being not worth it. So yeah, but the application process was really stressful. The GRE was the most stressful thing for me. My grades and my GPA were, were well in order, but I knew that the GRE loomed large and I took it, I took it three times, I think. And yeah, so just busy, busy work. You know, it's, it's like having a second career of all this, like applying and PT casts and stuff like that. So a lot of work.
0: Did you have to retake any classes or do observation hours at all while you were working? Still at FedEx? I,
1: oh yeah, 100%. My undergrad was international relations and business. So I had to for over the course of 5 years before I got into school. Took all the chemistries, most were out of date. Uh, all the physics, all the anatomy and physiology. Like I think I took like something like 15, 16, 17 classes just to get into the PT school.
0: And then did you do any observation anywhere as well?
1: Yeah, those were hard to get uh, because of work work schedule. There's a level 1 trauma center in Champaign. I did inpatient there. I also did a, a really good clinic in Champaign called Christie Clinic. I did hours there and then at kind of a workers comp place just down the street from the, hub, from the FedEx hub. I did uh, observation there. So I think three locations.
0: When you finally started school after that sweaty incident, <laughs> when we got into, the, into the, <laughs> the, the like hardcore studying, you know, being at the library for hours on end, how did it feel to adjust to that lifestyle now that you weren't, or I guess you were taking classes. So I guess you were kind of used to being like in classes beforehand.
1: Yeah, so in some ways it was easier, in some ways it was harder. So I quit work early in May, and then I went to travel. I hiked a lot out in the California wilderness on the Pacific Crest Trail. And that was the biggest cultural change because for like two solid months, I had been completely away from work and doing whatever I wanted, and especially what I liked to do. I really liked to hike. You know that I have a YouTube channel about it, and if you guys wanna check that, I'm sure Ruben will link it below, but that was the biggest, that, that was the biggest thing. That shock, that adjustment, I will be honest, I think I was a little bit blue, but I was a little down, that I had to go from being completely free to locked into physiology, to locked into anatomy, to locked into um, you know, Dr. Leo's first class, so yeah, it was, it was bad, it was bad. I was like, what am I doing here? But th- that subsided.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I remember us just all being at the library together and just being like, oh my God. <laughs>
1: yeah, the physiology is no joke. The anatomy is no joke. So.
0: But it was nice having all of each other at the library yeah. and all being in it together.
1: Yep, you need, especially in those early months, you need that sort of like that group where you, at least you know you're in the same library you can walk over ask questions uh things like that it's 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 especially early or it's especially important early so i had some
0: people actually reach out to me through my youtube asking me because they were looking into switching careers into pt as well so i did mention you and like, it is possible we have a student in our class who did that so what are some general tips that you have for anyone considering even switching into uh, not even just pt but any, any switching a career into like something in the medical
1: field or anything in general so for career changers, I will tell you that it's very hard. I don't have a family right now. I've never, I haven't started a family yet. Even not having a family, it was very difficult. I mean, you look at Jared in our class who, who does it, it is possible, but you really gotta weigh out how it's gonna affect your family. And then the career you have, like, I was in a career that was very average to above average, but I wanted even more. Like I said, I wanted more time, I wanted more flexibility, and just any career changer needs to really consider h- about how hard they're gonna work. There are times in this program where I've said, if I knew it was gonna be this hard, I may not have done it. And I've said that, I've said that to myself maybe five or six times over the past two years, usually around finals time. <laughs> so Spring semester
0: uh, finals. <laughs> yes, yeah, spring year. semester
1: finals. And I just, you know, as your career changer, you, you gotta know your why. If you know your why about your chain, uh, about you changing, be solid with that and just go with it. But if you're vacillating, if you're uncertain about what your why is for joining this, it's gonna be even harder because it's a lot of work. You're missing out on three years of, of wages and income and 401K. Um, And you're going to lose, I probably, as I think about it, you're probably, I mean, three years is probably somewhere around 7% or 5% of a person's entire work life. So depending on how long you work. So you're missing out on a good chunk of money. If you know that you want to do it, just pull the trigger, but you're going to have so many things come up where you're like, whoa, why did I do this? But as long as your why is good, I think you'll be good.
0: Yeah, man. I love that because At the end of the day, if you're just motivated to get through it and get it done, then it can happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So talk to me more about, I know one of your biggest hobbies you have a YouTube channel on is hiking. So when did you start hiking?
1: It was probably six years ago. Somebody asked me the other day why I started. And I think I just wanted like, it's something I hadn't done since I was a kid. It's a relatively inexpensive hobby. And it just seemed kind of cool. I kind of, you know, like maybe you find an Instagram or you just talk to somebody and it's kind of, kind of wanderlusty and kind of cool. And like, you just want to see if you can go out there and do it. And I just got really into it, especially the, the ultralight hiking part of it, where you go out with weights on your back that are really conducive to having a better time where you're not wrecked by the end of the day with a 50 pound pack on your back. And I just started doing YouTube channels, uh, YouTube channel stuff about it and just hiking more going out to Canada, going up to Alaska, going out to Washington and other places, and just it kind of just builds on itself. You have a good trip, you want to do it again. You have another good trip, you want to do it again. So,
0: Have you thought about maybe in the future integrating hiking with
1: PT somehow? So yeah, hiking is a very strenuous endurance sport, and it lends itself to injury in several ways. Uh, There's a couple really common ways which is when you're descending hills. A lot of people think, oh, the uphill was so hard. I'm going to make a little time up on the downhill. So they go fast downhill, which causes all sorts of telephemoral problems. So yeah, I'm going to do videos about hiking and uh, being safe while hiking and mechanics, body mechanics for sure. Definitely going to integrate the two.
0: Yeah, that'll be cool. I don't think there's, I don't know of any people that are PTs in hiking. that will be a very yeah. specific niche. Yeah, yeah awesome. I've never
1: seen, never seen it on YouTube, so
0: yeah would you consider doing travel PT then to kind of have more places to hike in the future? Cause you yeah, said you wanted so, to travel out West.
1: Yeah. So this is my big quandary. Like, do I stay in a major Metro area like Seattle and try to do contract work there or do I become full on like travel? Like one set of three months I'm in Taos, New Mexico. And then another three months I'm in Alaska. And then another three months, I, I still have to come to grips with that. Both are cool in their own different ways, um, but don't both have disadvantages too. So it's really something I got to come to grips with in the next like seven months. It's like a champagne problem, right? Like it's a, it's a problem of abundance and that's a good thing too. So.
0: Absolutely. How Matt, do you have any end goals or big dream goals with PT? I
1: mean my, my goal, and this is, this is part of your why too. You know, at FedEx I was, I was, I was helping people i mean helping people get packages that go to their home that's noble right but you're very removed from it the main goal i have is to help people and to to be active and to be functional again like today i helped a 66 year old woman who has metastatic cancer and just had a lumbar and thoracic fusion in two places because the the cancer was attacking her vertebra i helped her sit edge of the bed for the first time and do exercises and help her stay up, um, upright for the first time. And that's the kind of thing where kind of at the end of your life or like after 20 years of that, you can feel really good about that. You know, that's kind of my big, like work-wise, that's kind of my big thing. You know, I don't, I don't need to do anything grandiose. I just need to help, help people all day. So
0: I love that, man. And I feel like that's with anyone, hopefully within this profession that everyone's just here to help people. You know that's why we're doing this.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's stay better. Yeah, it definitely feels good.
0: Well, man, I think that's going to be everything up for the podcast. Do you have any final tips for any struggling PT students out there people considering going into PT school?
1: So, I'll be very real. Your grades, they're important, but don't forget the side stuff. Uh, we have a person who will go unnamed in our class who had a 4.0, took all the right classes, but he only got into UIC, you know what I mean? So just having a 4.0 doesn't get you into school necessarily, you know what I mean? You gotta be well-rounded and don't harp on grades too much. And if you're borderline on grades, retake classes. I will be perfectly honest, I got a C in calculus and I thought it was the end. And I got a C in calculus because I was kind of in the middle of this process and I had a new girlfriend and I just was like, I'm gonna take more time for myself and I thought I could pull it out. And I thought I was sunk. I didn't think I was gonna get into school at all. Um, but in PTCAS, I explained it. I explained exactly what was going on. And I think the, the, the panel that looked at, the, at my application kind of understood. So explain it in detail. Don't try to cover it up. Definitely don't make excuses. And just, yeah, just even, if, even when you have setbacks, keep going. I told one student that came in for a tour with Molly that was touring UIC facilities, it was kind of borderline. And I could see that he was like wondering if he should, I'm like, don't give up right before you make it. So you can leave that as a takeaway.
0: That's awesome. Thanks so much for being on the episode, Matt.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No problem. My pleasure.
0: And guys, if you are interested, I'm going to link all his stuff, like you said as a YouTube channel in the description of this episode. And thank you guys for tuning in and I'll catch you next time. Bye guys. Thanks, guys, for tuning in to today's episode of Broken Stressed. If you enjoyed the podcast, make sure to smash that follow or subscribe button to get notified whenever new episodes are released. If you want to connect with me on social media, you can find me on YouTube or Instagram. Thanks again, guys, for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.